Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey, running friends. Thanks for joining us for the Rise and Run podcast. See you next time. Thank you, Jeff. In case you missed him, friends, that's last week's featured guest, Jeff Galloway, introducing this week's episode. I hope you had a, hope you enjoyed listening to him. I know I always do. Friends, greetings and welcome to episode 96 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob, and I'm happy to be here this evening with Lexi. Hello. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Jack. Hi, everybody. And with Alicia. Hello. Alicia, I, I've been ending that way for the last couple of weeks, and it's it's really random because I just go in the order that you appear on my screen, <laughs> and for the last couple of weeks, and it's funny, earlier when we were recording, you weren't in that lower right position. You were up in the top mm-hmm. center, but you, you end up in the lower right and you end up with, and Alicia. But that's not, that's not a bad <laughs> no, thing, right? it's not right? bad. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I, I'm more surprised that nobody uh, did Hey, How You Doing since John can't you be know, here this oh. week. We don't, we, we don't usually allude to where our friends are if they're not here, but you guys know where John is? Mm-hmm. Three yeah. words. He's down the shore. Down the shore, exactly. <laughs> we could, we could try and impersonate his voice. Like we we were doing before we started recording. Uh, John 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 is a legend. No, no, nobody can replicate that. Oh, okay. but there's only one place in the country, and perhaps only one place in the world, where you do not go to the beach. You go down the shore. Down the shore, yep. Jersey. Yeah, I don't I don't know any other place, but uh, they they say that for the Delaware beaches too. Delaware but, beaches, but, yeah. But I think once you get into the Maryland beaches, then that's when it starts going away a little bit. Becomes a beach again, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Well, John, we hope we hope John's having a good time. Uh, friends, tonight's show, Amanda from Once Upon a Marathon. You're going to enjoy listening to Amanda. She is she is the online embodiment of what we try to do here at the Rise and Run podcast. She is a wonderful person to help out with information on all things Run Disney. Race Report Spotlight a little different this evening. We actually have two guests. Our first guest ran her first, no, 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 that's not true. She, it's not her first organized race, but our first guest ran an organized race in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We'll talk with her. And if you've been following on Facebook, our buddy Mark, who did the seven marathons in seven days. Now, I know that's not a race, but we just had to talk to Mark. That is phenomenal. So Mark visits with, visits with us. Please hang on for that. We know you're going to enjoy it. Friends, if you enjoy the podcast, please share us with your friends. Now's a great time to introduce new friends to this podcast. We love growing the community. We want to share in your training journey as we head back into the Run Disney season. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at Rise and Run Podcast and Instagram at Rise and Run Pod. Visit our webpage, riseandrunpodcast.com. 
Hey, if you got a question, a comment, a race report, you want to introduce an upcoming episode, and we need introductions, call us, 727-266-2344. Leave us a recorded message. If you want to support the podcast, we've got a Patreon page, patriot.com slash rise and run podcast. Give a visit. We appreciate our Patreons. We have, we had a highly successful first week. We want to acknowledge our new Patreons. We're not going to get to everybody right now, but I would like to welcome into the Patreon family, David, Karen, Heidi, and Leslie. Thank you very much. And there are a bunch more. I promise we'll get to you in an upcoming episode. Thank you so much. Your support is greatly appreciated. Friends, the Rise and Run podcast is sponsored in part by our good friends at Magic Bound Travel. Magic Bound's where your Run Disney experts are to help you with all your Run Disney planning needs. Hey, Congratulations to Brad and Maggie, who celebrated their 26th wedding anniversary this week. Aww. Congratulations. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, give, them a, give them a call. Remember, Magic Bound Travel Services are free, and they are there to help you out. Don't forget, they help out at Universal also. MagicBoundTravel.com is the website. Look them up. Guys... We are less than 100 days away from Wine and Dine Weekend. Woohoo! Yeah, it's, it's golly, it seems like it's taken a long time. Two digits, baby, two digits. That's right. As of this podcast, as of this podcast release, 98 days till Wine and Dine Expo Day for Wine and Dine Weekend. If you are training for Wine and Dine, if you're doing the challenge, of course, there's different mileages for different training for different races. Uh, don't really want to go through all of them, but your long run, long weekend run, if you're doing the challenge, is five miles for wine and dine. For marathon weekend, which is now 160 days away, your long run this weekend goes back to three miles. This is the period in your challenge training where the mileage is bump and then come back to three and then they'll go back up next weekend. Week five for marathon weekend, week four for wine and dine. While we're on the topic of training, guys, anything we want to share about training this week? Well, Bob, I said last week my training was going really great. and yeah, then... Yes, you did. I made note of that. <laughs> and then I was doing some returns and I lifted a really heavy bag and I re I wouldn't say it's an injury, but I created soreness in my shoulder from a, a, an old injury. And so running has been kind of aggravating it. So I've taken yeah, it would. a week off. Yeah. Um, so my legs are like, I want to run, I want to run. And mm -hmm. I'm not running. So <laughs> that's been mm -hmm. frustrating, but I'll get back. No, to it it, by golly, it is. You're right. You got to be patient, Alicia. Uh, I told the story last week. I ran seven miles, then broke my toe. You know, uh, yeah, everything yeah. was going well, and it—that's it, the frustrating part when things are going well, and then something happens, and uh, nuts. I'm I'm back to not necessarily square one, particularly not in your case. You're doing well, mm -hmm. but you know, I just—it's frustrating, and all you can do, all you can do is wait it out. 
Yep. We are not we are not patient people, but must we, we not must at learn all. to be patient. <laughs> yes. We must learn to be patient. Uh, we must learn to progress incrementally. My mantra for the month is baby steps. Just get back there with baby steps. So I know I have no doubt you'll be back. You'll be back pretty quick. You're just a kid. Yep. Your kids heal <laughs> your kids heal fast. So yeah, I'm sorry to hear that you, you hurt your shoulder, but I do hope you get back quickly. Thank you. And I'd say my training is going pretty well. I um, have kind of switched things up a little bit because if anybody knows what's going on in the entertainment industry right now, uh, the writers are on strike and the actors are on strike, which means I don't have a job right now. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> the, that collateral damage is the infuriating part. Yeah, yeah. But that gives me a whole boatload of free time. <laughs> I can train. <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of switched around to where I'm going to Orange Theory four times a week. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So three of them are like the normal Orange Theory. And then Fridays is um, called Lift 45. So we just do weightlifting, um, which is really good for me because I don't like to weightlift. Um, and I feel like I'm already kind of seeing a little bit of results. <laughs> good. Yeah, good, um, good, good. So this is the second week. Um yesterday I did my longest distance on the treadmill in the amount of time that we have. Cause usually we have about 26, 27 minutes on the treadmill, which averages that. I mean, we're supposed to do 30 minutes for the Galloway plan. So I figure it kind yeah, of, not, it's, it's pretty, that's close enough. Yeah. 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 Um, and we throw some rowing in there. So that's the other minutes. Yeah. Of cardio. That, that um, so, you know, I feel like I think things are, things are moving. So I'm really excited. And, you know, like I know a lot of the listeners and you guys know kind of at the end of marathon weekend, um, I was struggling with motivation and not wanting to run and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, I have found that I am really looking forward to going to orange theory and that's a welcome change to how I was normally, how I had been feeling about my runs. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to just do it for the month of August and then kind of reevaluate and see where I'm at. So, um, yeah. All right. All right. Very good. Glad to, glad to hear it. Well, thank you, guys. We'll keep sharing how training's going. But right now, let's meet our guest for the week. Friends, when somebody asks me about the Rise and Run podcast, what it's like, what do we do? I tell them we're a group of seven people who just love to run at Disney World. We love all things Disney, and we want our friends who listen to have the best experience that we can. Well, our guest tonight falls right into exactly that same vein. I know that's what motivates her. Greg, why don't you please introduce our guest? No, Bob, you're absolutely right. I would say there's a lot of great resources out there that, you know, discuss Run Disney. I mean, I would like to say that we are like, you know, the podcast resource of of the Run Disney community. And then obviously there are a slew of people on Instagram, you know, that provide some really, really wonderful information. But our guest tonight, I would say if we are the podcast resource of the community, she is the website 
and Instagram resource of the community, we would like to welcome Amanda from onceuponamarathon.com. Amanda, welcome to Rise and Run. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're pleased to have you. We're going to talk about a slew of topics tonight. The The first thing that I want to know is, I love your account, not only for the Run Disney content, but just your in-depth research and knowledge about all sorts of topics, whether it's from sports bras to breaking down, you know, the Nelson Peltz, you know, proxy takeover battle with Bob Iger and, and the board of trustees. My question to you is, you know, how many on average, how many Instagram slides do you put up per day to um, how big of a battery do you have on your phone and how much storage <laughs> do you have on your phone? Because you're always putting up pictures associated with anything you talk about. I need to know the inside secrets here. So a few fun facts about that. One, Instagram slaps my hand all the time and is like, you've reached your limit. You're done on story. Really? And when they do that, they start deleting the first stories for every <gasps> story I post. Yeah. Even if I've saved it to a highlight. So like it is no man's land. That happens like more often than I'd like to admit. Two, the battery dying all the time. I will post screenshots and I now try to zoom them out or crop them so that my battery <laughs> doesn't go. Because people will DM me and be like, you're giving me anxiety. Like, I can't <laughs> um, Because it's just like very stressful for them with the batteries. So Makes sense. I... I never knew about the Instagram thing. I didn't realize there was a limit to how much you can have on your story. Um, I didn't either until they told me. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely wild. Yeah, because like I, I, you know, of all the people that I follow, like I put you and like Michael does Diz yeah. and like neck and neck on the number <laughs> of uh, you know of stories that get pumped down on a single day. It's it's phenomenal to watch. But well, he has less typos than I do. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, so before we dig into the website, you know, let's just back up a little bit. Tell us your running and run Disney backstory. Oh my gosh. Um, so I think un like maybe a little bit surprising. I didn't grow up with Disney. I didn't grow up going to the parks. I feel like a lot of people who are Disney fans grew up with it. I did not. Um I think I went once, but I've always loved fairy tales and you know escapism i'm a big reader and like everybody grew up with the movies in the 90s like i had the vhs collection right like i didn't need to go to the park necessarily and um, i live in charleston which is not that far from disney driving wise um i went for my very first run disney race in 2018 it was the princess you know pretty typical immediately it was going to be a one and done like I'm going to do this one half marathon and then, you know, like I'll be, I'll be fine. And instead, it, that's never what heard, everybody We've never says. heard that story before. I know, everybody <laughs> said that. I went like full Kool-Aid and within, I'd say two years, I had gotten an annual pass and a year of Disney, bought DVC. <laughs> like it, it was just like completely all in. Um, and I still love it. I still love it. So. So wait, totally random question. So. So was Run, Run Disney your first Disney experience? Did you run through the parks first before you actually got to experience the parks? So I had gone once when I was like 12. I don't really remember it. Um, I just, my parents were a military family. So like I didn't necessarily live close or that wasn't really like, you know, 
my mom was the one to pack up the Dodge Caravan and we go to whatever local national park was nearby, wherever we happened to be stationed. So Disney wasn't like a thing growing up. Again, I think I went once. Um, there's a photo somewhere, I'm sure. But I, I remember Figment and then literally (laughs) (laughs) nothing else but Figment. And so when we came back in 2018 and I was an adult, um, it's actually, it's actually a little bit funny. So my husband and I had dated like five years before we got engaged because when we met, I then immediately moved to like three States away. It was like, I'm going to grad school and he came with me and you know, you can't get married when you're dirt poor and broke (laughs) in school. By the time I had graduated and come out and we had jobs and we had moved back to Charleston, he, we were long overdue for the proposal, right? Like we, we were committed long before that point. And he contacted the company that I worked for, like the CEO of the company, it was a couple hundred people. And he arranged for an all hands meeting so that the whole company was together and he proposed in the middle of it. And then after the proposal, he was like, by the way, I have a surprise for you. He had arranged for me to have a week off and he had bought the Harry Potter experience <gasps> at Universal where the actors come in and all of that because I was oh. a Harry Potter fan. So I didn't know it. I just got a ring and was told I have a week vacation to Universal Studios. <laughs> 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 and we literally left my work at like lunchtime. He had already packed all of my bags. He arranged for my parents to meet us for lunch on the way out of town. We drove straight down to Universal. But the Harry Potter experience started like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And like we had come down on a Thursday. So he was like, oh, well, we'll just like pop over to Disney. So we walked literally just up to the front gate, bought a ticket, no My Disney Experience app, no Fast Passes, <laughs> no anything. And we're just like, yeah, we're here to do Disney. Walked in and we're like, we want to get on this ride. And they're like pointing us to the kiosk. They used to have like the kiosk. Mm-hmm. Yep. The fast pass, right? Oh, right. Of course. Because we didn't even have a Disney login. We're like, what is that? Like, can't we just get in line? Like, is there not another option? You know, but back back in the olden days of the of the of the twenty tens. <laughs> yeah. 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 This was twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, something like that. So it was just like that was my like when I think of Disney, it's like that experience of literally just walking up to the gate and purchasing. <laughs> get to walk in and I remember being on that trip and you know like I'm on cloud nine because I'm engaged and like this is an exciting time and I'm looking at the Rapunzel bathrooms like of all the things and being like yeah really fun to run by that to just like run through the tower and like this would be cool and I had only just started getting into running and I had seen an advertisement for run Disney and runner's world so it was kind of on my mind I was like this would be really fun like this would be cool maybe maybe I'll do that um, and then, you know, promptly went into wedding planning mode and, and forgot about it for three years. So, wow. <laughs> you know, th- that story alone is going to lead into so many other conversations later oh my on. Gosh, so, yes. I, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but before we get to those stories, obviously, like I said in our intro, you post a lot of deep dive information on Instagram, you know, whether it's, you know, I, one of the posts that I love, and, and I heard you talking about this on uh, KG's podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, where the best bathrooms are in the parks in terms of the race course <laughs> and you know and and you know figuring out the balloon ladies and, and everything like that. But obviously 
that type of information, you know, because it's an Instagram story, you know, it can only last for so long. Sure, you can put on the highlight, but clearly you're ticking off Instagram, you know, every other day. And, you know, so you get this idea to make onceuponamarathon.com. Tell us what was the motivation? What was the inspiration to move from the medium of Instagram to the World Wide Web? So like there was a lot of frustration building with Instagram. I'd save something to a highlight, like, hey, here's the deep dive on how to register, right? And Disney will like just barely tweak the registration process. Like they'll add a new question or they'll adjust a question and I can't go back and edit it. So I'm relying on these people to read through all this historical information and then read the new information and then not be confused by it. And it's also not searchable and it's it's just very unwieldy. <laughs> Um, it was very frustrating. It's also a lot of work for to me to like recreate all that information that's updated into a new highlight. And it's frustrating for viewers because like I now have to produce another hundred stories when you already know 99% of it. So it's just like it was getting unreasonable. And combined with that frustration, one of the things that I love about Run Disney that I care very deeply about is that Run Disney is accessible. It is something that Absolutely, is, yep. it, it's welcoming to all runners of all paces and all abilities. And that that's the thing that they stake their ground on. And that's the part that resonated with me. And I care so deeply about it. I want this information to be available to people and I want it to be accessible to people. Like I don't want it to be behind a paywall. I don't want it to be in a subscription. I just want it to be there. And I spent a long time trying to figure out what format that would best take place in because obviously it's becoming difficult on Instagram. It's, you know, it's not serving people anymore. They can't find it. They can't search for it. It's getting out of date. I thought about an ebook, but I'm like, I'm not going to try and republish this every year. Like, I mean, just like, what's the answer? And ultimately it came down to if I buy the hosting and I spin up a website, I can like create kind of this ultimate guide effectively an ebook, but something that's living document, I can update it and it can just be available to people. And I can direct people there when they ask me these questions um, so that they have that ability to access that information. So hopefully to the beginner runner, like it's not as scary. They, they feel like there's somebody there talking to them, walking them through it. And also just to give a little background to our listeners, if they have not seen you on Instagram, um, your your job is in research, isn't it? Or or something of the sort. Yeah. I have a very like unique job. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, like you're the one that's looking up all of this stuff and and I mean in my opinion, putting it in layman's terms so people can understand what's going on and you know, all of that. Yeah, I think it's just like a perfect storm of all things. I have a very weird job <laughs> um to begin with. It's very research heavy. But I'm also like my roots, like my back, I'm a first generation college student. Like I come from a military family, very rural South. Like that's, I, I remember in high school, I took my final exam sitting on the floor because there wasn't enough desks hmm. oh, in, wow. in the room. Right. Um, and I have a very analytical mind and I've always leaned towards math and science and my, my out when I was a kid growing up was education. So I always ended up doing like STEM programs and like getting into college and grad school and eventually things like that. I ended up in a very weird profession. It's research heavy. Um, 
I'm going to do a side tangent. The, the field that I'm in is called human factors and it is a intersection of like science and how things are designed and the way people think and human beings. And it's that, that's, where's that intersection? The origins of the field are World War II. We had these pilots, they're up in the planes, the dogfighting era, right? Highly trained, talks, takes a lot of money to put those pilots up there. And what was happening is they were coming in and they were landing and then the planes were blowing up. And the engineers were like, oh my God, there's something wrong with the plane. You know, we, we've designed the plane wrong. There's an engineering problem. The psychologists were like, oh, maybe they're taking like the worst way out here. Like there's a psychological problem. So a, the psychological psychs and the engineers and the psychologists got together and they examined the problem. And what they realized is that when the pilots were coming in and when they were landing, there's these two levers. One's the landing gear, which is super important. And one's not related at all to landing. And people were grabbing the wrong one. And what they did is they made one a triangle and one a circle so that by mm -hmm. feel, when their eyes are on the runway and they're distracted by all this other stuff, they know immediately if they've made the wrong call, solve the problem. So that's like the origin story of my field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with like, sometimes people process information and you have to take in the human element and how people perceive things and how people work through things. And you... Like how many times does a surgeon, highly qualified person, have to make the exact same error before you just fix fix the device or fix the problem? Mm -hmm. right? Interesting. The problem, you know, like at some point it's not the it's the it's not the person, it's the device. So like that's where I live. That's the world I work in. And there's all kinds of applications for it, um, unmanned vehicles, controlling those, drones, um, flight like air cockpits and air traffic control like the the new glass cockpits that's all that's mm -hmm. all AF. um i worked in defense contracting government contracting for a very long time but i now work in the commercial world but all day every day i'm doing research with human beings trying to understand like why did you click that button <laughs> like what made you think that was the right answer <laughs> you know what i mean uh yeah absolutely i do yeah See, th this is why I love doing this podcast, because we transitioned from a run Disney podcast to a mini mini episode of Radio Lab from NPR. So, again, <laughs> you get you get a little bit of everything here. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> like it's an obscure field. I know it is, but it's so research heavy. And it's not just research like labs and test tubes. It's research with like people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I focus on like understanding information, communication, things like that. So at some point, like it just doesn't turn off. And I realize, I guess I've developed that skill over time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going and I'm reading about the DeSantis court case. And like, these are all the violations of the first, like not just first amendment, there was multiple constitutional amendments that Disney's claiming, but I'm reading through it. I'm like, okay, I'm not a legal expert, but I'm pretty good at like reading through a lot of BS and like summing it up and then connecting the dots to like, what does that mean if you're just going to like explain it normally? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I started doing, I don't even know why I started doing them. I first one was like the Splash Mountain whenever that controversy came out. And I was like, look, this was never a well-planned ride, right? <laughs> like this is based on Tom Hanks with the mermaid movie. <laughs> like. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's like a whole thing with it. And uh, 
it really resonated. People like it. I was really surprised that people like the deep dive so much. Um, and I guess oh, I, I love it because it saves me 20 minutes having to read an article from the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or something like that. So, and an so article thank you. that I only like half understand as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also too because like I end up reading lots and lots and lots of different sources, and you know, there's different levels of bias, and there's like some stuff where I'm like, mm, you like fudge that one a little bit. Like, like there's some there's some holes in that analysis but we'll let it slide for now so yeah i end up reading a lot um is what it comes down to well the one thing you definitely don't fudge on is the way that you laid out once upon a marathon.com because what i love about it is that you went with a, a table of contents approach and then you know hyperlinks off of that you know to talk about the different subjects you know as it relates to run disney i almost kind of want you to get a job with Run Disney, because I think you would be the perfect person to give us the digital event guide that makes sense. Yeah, you like, know, that, would be, that would be nice. Oh, I have opinions on the event guide. You don't even know. <laughs> uh, but also, this is literally what I do for companies. Like, that's my job. Well, I mean, not in total, but I have switched over to the commercial world. And in the commercial world, navigation, finding of information, surfacing the right information at the right time and whatever journey right? So if it's a purchase journey, when do you surface the information? Where do you surface the information where it has the biggest impact? And it's like at the right moment. Um, that's all the research that like I do and that's what I work on. So on my website, I'm like, things are not going to be complicated. It might not be pretty because I am not a designer, but it will be easy to find. <laughs> but, but sometimes simple is the most effective. And, and I think, you know, again, that's what makes your website so special. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, and I'm sure you you would be the first to admit this, that, you know, this is a website powered by one person. It's a work in progress and it will continue to get more and more information. Tell our listeners what information is already up on the website and then what we can look forward to in the coming weeks and months. I didn't know this was going to be like a pop quiz. Um, <laughs> so information that's up there, I have the full registration guide which is, uh, and again, when you go to the website, some of these articles are super long because I in, I chose to give you all of the information with brevity. Like you can come back later, but I want it all to be in one place, all easily accessible. So there's a complete registration guide that covers everything you need to know about registration, how to register if you don't get the bib that you want, how to use gift cards, if you have an error at checkout, like all everything. All in one. I also have a breakdown of every single race weekend at Walt Disney World, which covers what the courses typically are, pros and cons for each weekend, like springtime surprise. The rooms are usually more expensive because you have break season and things like that. Temperatures are, are warmer. So just giving you like what's unique about that, that particular race that makes it worthwhile, but also what's the downside that you might want to consider when, when booking the race. Um, I have training guides, obviously, um, where I take the Jeff Galloway training, but then mirror it with like planning. So all of the dates are mapped out when you would want to check your shoes, proof of time deadlines, checking off every run, all of that. Um, I'm trying, the next thing I'm working on, I've been working on the gear section because I feel like a lot of people are getting into training now and trying to figure out what they need in terms of hydration and fueling. So that's been in the works for a while, but it's a very big topic. So it's been like multiple, multiple days and weeks working on it. 
I also want to just break down how proof of time works because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. People see a, oh, I need a a five-hour marathon. They figure out whatever minute per mile pace that is, and they think they just have to do that pace at any distance. And it's like, no, no, no. There's actually like a conversion that's added. Right. Changes it, and you have to take that into account. And then, you know, it's a little bit more complicated. So proof of time and like hydration fueling gearing are kind of the next articles that are coming for the like main, (laughs) the main guide. You know, something that I just thought of, you know, you, you were talking about proof of time. I mean, obviously your website is going to be such a valuable resource to the community. What outside of proof of time, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions that runners who maybe are just entering the foray of the run Disney spectrum um, have and and in turn then how will you use the website to, to help you know put everyone on the straight and narrow it's all the things that like gives a newbie runner like anxiety so like the balloon ladies mm-hmm. people, the number of people who are like oh my god i'm being watched by big brother every second and the moment i fall behind 16 minute per mile the boogeyman's gonna jump out yeah, that's right at me yeah. from the course like, right Oh yeah. If I'm at 1601, I'm swept. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm like, it's it's not how it works at all. There are hard sweeps. There are soft sweeps. There are like, I mean, it's, you know, it's not that stressful. Um, So that's a big one that people have tons of anxiety about, really don't understand the way it works, which makes sense. Like, you know, Disney's, that's where the balloon ladies are. That's not a common running term. That's a very Disney term. It's unique. Yes. Yeah. Um, So that's a, big one that I think people struggle with. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's other ones. I get a lot of questions around like, how do you change your Disney trip because there's a race involved? Like, what room do you book instead? What resort do you do instead? How do you do your day differently? How do you manage the park miles? Like, the the balance of the Disney vacation versus the race weekend. Um I get that a lot. And it changes because some people are, I want a vacation first, but I also want the girl's trip with like my princess half versus I am doing dopey. This is my first marathon. I don't want anything to mess with this, but I still, you know, I still want Disney. So I get that a lot too, like how to balance it. So you sound like so extremely knowledgeable. And of course, with all your research background, it's just amazing. I wish, I wish my brain could be like that. I mean, But with all of that information that you've gained through with Run Disney, I'm very curious, how many Run Disney events have you done? Uh, Quite a few. So I've done every race weekend, including Star Wars before it became... Oh, I'm so jealous. (laughs) Well, I did the 10K. So I I broke my hip. Oh, Oh, my. Yeah. So I turned 30 and broke a hip. So when they tell you it's all downhill after 30... Yeah, it's not true. That's not true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was, I had decided to go for my very first ever full marathon. I was super excited about it. I had decided to incorporate it as far as the Dopey Challenge. I was a couple months into training, had this like nagging pain in my hip, nothing like bad, like two, three out of 10, just more so it wouldn't go away. Uh-huh. Long story short, I had fractured it and broken my hip. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I was lucky that I cut it early. Had I kept going, it would have like completely sheared off and that would have been really, really bad, permanent 
disability injury territory. Um, I am totally fine now. But the uh, recovery from that while I'm like on bed, like unable to do anything because my hip's broken and I have to like be very careful about how much I walk and how much, you know, all of that. I'm like, let me sign up for the Star Wars race. Uh, Very good. Like I need. I like that. And I did clear it with my doctor. I just want to be clear that I got permission. I was like, this is like a year from now. And he's like, well, you'd probably be okay, you know, a year from now, as long as you're willing to potentially walk it. And I was like, I need some light at the end of the tunnel. And that light will be a lightsaber. There you go. (laughs) You could feel the force. Did you dress up as well? Yes. So I went... um, my sister-in-law is a huge Star Wars fan. Like her baby shower is R2-D2 themed. Oh like, God, love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did a girl's trip and we did Jedi princesses and we each had like a slogan. So it was the light side ladies. And then I was a tangled Jedi. So I had my robes were like the tangled colors with the, the sash. Oh, cool. And my shirt said, at last I see the light side. Oh, All right. Very that's cool. awesome. I love that. Very clever. Um, and every single person had like whatever the princess slogan was, but like slightly altered to match like a Star Wars phrase. And we made shirts out of them and we did the 10K and it was super fun. And I wasn't at the time a big Star Wars fan, but the race weekend was so immersive and so well done that I'm like, I want to come back. So I had signed up for the following year, and that's the year they got canceled by COVID, and then it never got canceled. So, yeah. Did you ever make the nighttime wine and dine, Amanda? No, my first race was in 2018, so I just missed all of the. I did do the tower, like the springtime surprise throwback with the the tower and the Everest. But I I was not there for the heydays. If it makes you feel any better, I my first ever run Disney race was in 2018. Yeah, see, look, twinsies. Yeah, when was right? it? Have you got a favorite, a favorite race weekend? I feel like you know how people are saying like you're not supposed to have a favorite kid, but you. Kinda- it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yep. I absolutely know that. Yes. So you can pick you can pick a couple if you want. It's okay. No, but you kind of and it may depend on the moment a little bit, like which <laughs> yeah. night, you know. So I. I love wine and dine. I love yep. that yeah. it's smaller, a little bit more fun. I like that the theming is looser. Like princesses, just princesses, right? You're pretty, you're pretty locked in. Wine and dine across the board. Who knows what character is going to be on course? It's kind of an open box in that respect. Love the after party. I think it's one of the best values. Like, yeah. I love that time of year at Disney because you get the, the transition from Halloween into Christmas. I used to love the course. I'm really hoping that they bring the old course back and we don't have the crazy out. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Me too. I'm tired of starting and ending in Epcot. Yeah. Well, it's also like, it makes no sense because it's basically the the 10 miler course that they have at springtime, Mm -hmm. but worse because they added this three mile out and back. And I'm like, springtime is already a hard sell, right? Like it's hot, it's expensive, it's miserable. Make it unique with the Galaxy's Edge Toy Story course and that be its thing. Like the only way you get to do Galaxy's Edge is if you're willing to brave the heat for springtime. Yeah. And leave Wayne and Dine with Animal Kingdom and all the good stuff. Yeah. Like, that, that was fun. Have our moments. The, 
yeah. Pandora area. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I just, I suspect that they moved it because of the construction at TTC and the ability to put people through oh. security. Because like, yeah, I think, uh, yes, I think that's true. Through security. I don't think that they have an easy way to move people through security at a TTC start right now. So that's my worry. <laughs> yeah, you, you could be right. They, they did something like that last year where I know when I drove myself, I had to drive to Epcot, go through security, get on the monorail to start the race. I can't remember which race it was, but I, I remember doing that last year. And I think, again, that was so security could be centralized there at Epcot. When we did um, the 5K at Animal Kingdom for the first year of Springtime Surprise, which is like such a great location, 5K through Animal Kingdom. Yeah. You know, we line up in the parking lot. They made us hike all the way to the park entrance to go through the security gates yeah. <laughs> and then come back out and hike all the way back to to the corrals and the start, which makes sense. Like, you know, Disney takes security and very no, seriously. I get that. Good. So, yeah. Well, especially since they installed those new scanners, I mean, in my mind, it's one of the best investments that Disney yeah, has ever made absolutely. because it speeds those absolutely. lines up so quickly. But I do agree with Bob's point as well, too, you know, and that you were alluding to as well. Like the whole starting and finishing everything at Epcot is getting a little old. So, you know, the thing is you, you have such wonderful hot takes. And again, the website, you know, and I'm going to championing you to you know do the digital event guides is. Do you know that there is an opening right now for the vice president of <laughs> ESPN water parks and run Disney? Um, I would like to submit you uh, as a nomination for that position. So Disney, if you're listening, please contact Amanda. I She's a fantastic candidate. I would love to work for Disney and I would love to be their researcher. Like I, I will, I will give you all of the information. I will back it up 10 times to Sunday with every data point that you need. Um, that would, that would be a dream come true. Uh, so yes, I'm all for that. Uh, I don't think they accept remote positions and I'm stuck in trouble. Ah, uh, shucks. Yeah. That's too staff. bad. Like, I, I want to be here, but yeah. Yeah. That's a nice area. We personally have discussed this a while back and it's probably one of my most favorite topics to think about. You know, I love daydreaming. So if you can dream up any Disney race, oh, what so would many. it be? I have so many. Um, <laughs> top three, top three. Let's do top three then. So many. So one, I would totally revamp Princess. Um, I think that I appreciate what they're trying to do where every race distance has a full princess so that no matter, you don't have to do the half marathon to get a princess moment. I get it. I appreciate it. Some people love sidekicks and I would love yes. to see like a tangled weekend where it is <gasps> a style for the 5k, <gasps> the 10k. Punzi's the half, but the challenge is the Snuggly Duckling crew, right? Dude, yes, that needs oh, to be a thing. Yes. Oh my god, yes! You get the and the Snuggly Duckling crew. You could have like a little charm dangle with the guy that pretends to be the, the yes. The, oh the my unicorn. god, that or a unicorn, awesome. that little thing unicorn that oh, one of the guys pastel <gasps> color changing ink. You put that bad boy in sunshine. Oh. He goes from like green to pink. Like I just all of all of the ideas, and you I can like do it. that for every princess. I think that would be amazing. See, this is what apply. Please apply, Amanda. Merida. I need you. <laughs> Merida, have the 5K be the, the brothers, but it's a spinner. One side's them. The other side's <gasps> the pairs, you know? Nice, 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 nice. Oh, yeah. So I love that idea for Princess Weekend. That's how I would change that. Um, I think Springtime Surprise 
for all of it being hot and expensive, they have this like really cool opportunity to lean into like non-movie IP. I would love like a haunted mansion, a jungle cruise. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Stuff the park fans to have a race. And it's funny to me because you think of like the ones people still talk about, like the good old days and they're all park rides, like the Tower of Terror, 10 Miler, the Everest 5K. Yes, right. (laughs) Though like there's a lot of love or the way Figment took off for wine and dine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So much love for like park icons and park rides and park specific things. I, I would love to see more of that work its way in. Um, And springtime, I think, is like a good entry point for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they've gotten rid of Star Wars. You know, the Avengers races went away with with Disneyland. I think both of those properties have tons of opportunity. I would love to see either one of them come back. Yeah. If Star Wars comes back, I'd like to see it as the Mandalorian with baby Grogu. And like, stand out from the Luca Leia like I, I didn't. I was not a Star Wars fan off of the Luke Leia days. Like I came in as a Star Wars fan with the Mandalorian, so I would love to see them expanding that a little bit. Marvel, and not even like the big Marvel ones you expect, like the first couple of phases, but just like WandaVision, like a Wanda Vision yeah. would be cool, which kind of fits Hollywood Studios vibes anyway. Like you could have a WandaVision race, you know. So well, they had so. They, so the thing with Disney World, they are in a contract with Universal where they can't use certain uh, Marvel characters because they have it in that park. So I know they had Doctor Strange at one point as a character meet and greet at Disney World, and I know there's a few others, but I mean, the real the real answer is yes. It's never going to happen in Walt Disney World. But I researched. Like, do we talk about deep dives? I was saying, is there a deep dive about how Marvel can't be east of the Mississippi? (laughs) I was like very into it. So the ruling on the, it's in perpetuity, which is like crazy. Who finds a deal forever? (laughs) Yeah. But the way that it's worded, it it has to do specifically with the theme parks, which is why they're allowed to get away with having the marble shop at Disney Springs because Disney Springs is not in a theme park. So I'm like, okay, well, have the characters that are not under this contract, like the Guardians of Galaxy, which you have in Epcot, during the Epcot in the park portions, and then have the other characters along the road, which is outside of the theme park. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I think like there's a loophole here, and I feel yep. like you have the legal team to explore that loophole. And I also want to put this out there with so many Marvel characters being introduced right now. I mean, even some previous ones like Black Panther, they could use at Disney World. Like I said, Doctor Strange, they could use at Disney World. Mrs. Miss Marvel now. Like you got all these great characters that you could totally use for Disney race. It's it's not Universal, it's Sony, but like Spider-Man's on the boat now. Disney Wish has Spider-Man in their Marvel restaurant. So, like, they've cut some deals. I do think it's such a sensitive topic. They would not want to start doing this, have a fan reliance on this, and then be in a weaker negotiating position. I think that they would want to negotiate first. But I would love to see a future where Disney, like, brings back some of those things or at least strikes a deal for one-off events like run Disney races um, or bring it back to Disneyland. I'll get on a plane. So Same. I'll go with you. Right? Like, Listen, okay. I, I, I had 
I have been looking forward to this interview for so long because I feel like you and I are kindred spirits because I have been dying for a Muppets race weekend theme and you have been championing that cause for weeks. And I just, I I was so excited to have you on to talk about that and why, again, I want you to apply for this position. Disney HR recruiting. If you're listening, her email address is once upon a marathon at (laughs) gmail.com. When have they not been pushing the Muppets hard? Exactly. Bunsen and Beaker are going to be schlepping pickle milkshakes right now, ladder fruit and wine. Well, no, the the new Jollywood Christmas party. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. and Miss Piggy are hosting. Like it is, they have really been leaning in heavy to it. And then you have the springtime surprise race, which is you know any any IP, and you're not committing to it forever. It's just a one off thing which is perfect for fandoms that are maybe smaller that will draw everyone at once. You know, you don't have to, to repeat it. And that course, like you go through the Regal Eagle and world showcase, you have the Miss Piggy and Kermit topiary. Cause it's the, the flower and garden festival. Then you yep. go into galaxy's edge where you pass by Muppet vision. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You've got everything right on course. Like it lines up perfectly. <laughs> Listen, the day, the day it happens. I, I, I'm I'm going to contact you personally, and we're and we're going to come up with a tandem costume, and we're going to celebrate this monumental moment no, together. I'm here for it, but my only thing is I need them to go all the way. Absolutely, like, I don't want I agree this to you. be like, oh, we're going to have a Miss Piggy and Kermit ten miler, and we're going to have you know what I want, like the Muppet Caper. I want the Christmas Carol. <laughs> I want to, like like we are going full. Full, right i need like the the crazy you get what i'm saying like yep, absolutely like the 5k though should be like you know how in the muppet vision they have at the very end you have sam the eagle being like i made this glorious three-hour finale and they're like oh you got three minutes and you know what that number three could be stand for a 5k i'm just Perfect. saying and the metal jack could spin, i like where your head's at Perfect. and it could have a three-hour finale on one side a switch it's like chaos on the other with all the characters you know what Love have a it. drink at the Regal Eagle for the runners. Like, <laughs> yeah. I already oh have God. the outfit. <laughs> you do. I, I was Sam Eagle a couple of races ago. I love it. I love it. And John was animal. Yes. Mm-hmm. But see, here's my question, guys. Um, why why doesn't Run Disney have like a panel of runners to con- con- consort yes. with so that they can get ideas. Like that would be a great idea. <laughs> I mean, we did, we did a whole episode on, on, on brainstorming racing. For crying <laughs> I, know. <out> loud. <laughs> I don't know what they're like. I don't know how Disney handles their consumer insights and their consumer research. Like, because I could solve that for them. <laughs> I could fix that. Um, Cause yeah, there's definitely, there are definitely trends, I think, in the running community. I think they nailed it when they did the 90s marathon weekend. I think oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Timing right on point. Um, I think there's a couple of things they've been just a little bit off. Like, I, I'm happy to see Encanto. I know Encanto is super popular, but almost last year when they were doing all the, mm-hmm. the, the Bruno music was big. They had done the Hollywood Bowl performance. Like, that almost would have been better timing. So, I don't know. Well, shifting gears a little bit here, um, you know, one of the other great things that, that you offer on your website are training plans. And what's 
what's cool about them is that they and you mentioned it um you know a couple of minutes ago about what makes yours uh, a little bit different, but can you go into those differences a little bit, you know, as compared to, you know, going to Jeff Galloway's website or the run Disney website, or even like a Hal Higdon or something like that. What makes the plans that you have created uh, different than those that, that are available, um, you know, on those other popular websites? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, all the plans on my website, or either the Jeff Galloway plan or a modification thereof. I mean, he's the guy. He's the one who made them. All credit to him, right? Um, and he's the Olympian. He, he's done so much for the community and the running community as a whole. He, sh- he should get all of that acknowledgement. Um, my approach is more when you go to run Disney and you click on the free training plan, it's just a very generic week one, do this many miles. And then you have to do the work of, well, let me map that to the dates you know, count back the appropriate number of weeks. And then once you do all of that work, you have to like figure out when you're taking vacations or when the holidays are, is there a simulation weekend during Thanksgiving weekend? Like like those kind of things. And that can be a lot of work. And there's also things that you don't really realize until you've done a few races and distances, like your shoes are not going to last a full marathon training. And you should probably cycle those out and and check them at the opportune moment, which is like a cutback week so that when you get new shoes to cycle the new shoes in, you're not, you know, wearing them for the first time in a 20 miler, you're doing it in a fine miler. And if they don't work out, you're not struggling with your big, big long run. You've planned around for, you know, forever. So I just took all of that knowledge, all of that research, and I built a training plan and it, there's a cover sheet and it's all your important dates. It's just a calendar laid out. Here's an overlay of all of the simulation weekends, which are hard to move around or change because of the big mileage, all of the holidays, when you should probably do a costume test run. <laughs> You're holding up a picture of it. When you should do the test run, when you should check your shoes because you want to have enough time if they're running low to switch them out and, and do it on a cutback week at the right moment, right? So all of that stuff that you probably would never think about, I just put on an overview so you can see a bird's eye view. This is this is the next six months of my life. Then when you switch into the individual pages, it's the calendar view. So you could still write in like, hey, I'm taking a vacation or I need to switch this, or I want to be able to write in if I'm doing like weight training or strength training, you know, cross training in there. And then along the right-hand side, there's a list of every single run with like the all-important checkbox because we all love that moment of satisfaction. (laughs) Um, And then next to it, because Jeff Galloway has a lot of time-based workouts, I have like a blank where you could write down the number of miles you did. And then for the mile ones, if you wanted, you could write down the number of minutes you ran or the pace so that at every month there's like a monthly total. And at the end you can total it all up because I think sometimes you're so in the moment and you're so into training, you don't realize like, holy crap, I ran like 150 miles this month. And sometimes just seeing that total really brings back like what a crazy, awesome accomplishment, like what you're doing. Like it may have been a crappy run, but like you're doing amazing, you know? So little places for that. And then, you know, we all love cute stuff that's themed like Disney. So it has, for Dopey, it has like the little gems and the minecart and things like that. And one of the things that I love about it, too, um, is that you have created some of the plans that are not quite on the Run Disney website, like 
um, the one that I have is Wine and Dine to Dumbo. Yes. Which yeah. includes the extra weeks and the holidays. And um, I, I, I really appreciate that because it kind of, I mean, I, I've done Run Disney 500 million times. So like, I know what the training plan is supposed to be, but it's so nice to just have it out, especially the overview page where you can just like glance at it and be like, oh yeah, this is kind of where I need to be at at this point. This is what I need to think about at this point. And it, I mean, it's, it's very well done. So and good job. The combo plans are more tricky. Like that, those are the ones I'm most proud of because, you know, take your example, wine and dine to Dumbo. It's like, okay, well, you just ran a half marathon. You should probably take a, a week off. <laughs> you know, the recovery is important. And then if you're going to go back into training, the Jeff Galloway plans often go beyond race distance. So you'll peak at 14 miles for a half. Well, if you're have already done that distance and you already have that base, you don't necessarily need to, in my opinion, go back up to 14, especially for something like you've done dopey and ran a marathon less than 30 days later, you're going to run princess. You probably don't need to peak at 14 for a 13 miler. So for those plans, I build in a recovery break because if you're doing multiple race weekends, the name of the game is to not get injured and to not have an overuse injury. And then based on where your mileage has gone up to in the first race, I kind of calibrate where you peak in the second race. That way you kind of have it all laid out. It's still the Jeff Galloway plans. I just kind of modify them based on those assumptions. Well, that's perfect. Actually, you should coordinate with Jeff, you know, like a, a collaboration between the two of you, because when we had him on last week, one of our listener questions was, you know, how do I tackle this race weekend to this race weekend? And he was like, huh, I need to look into that. So here you, you have a wonderful, you know, just, so just email him and, and the two of you can collaborate. Awesome. It, will, it will be absolutely yeah. fabulous. I have never, I mean, I've seen Jeff from like a distance at the expos, but like, no, he, he's amazing. I, I just got my running certification through like coaching certification through um, the Roadrunners Club of America. And most of that focuses on like the more traditional Hal Higdon, Jack Daniels, VDOT, like the other methods, which is just totally fine. But I walked away from that coaching certification with a whole new appreciation for just what Jeff Galloway has done for the support and what he has done in terms of making running accessible oh. to like the everyday person. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Like it's like I walked away being like, he does not get nearly enough credit. Absolutely. Amanda, I read an article not long ago after he had his heart attack that, and I freak, golly, I, I could find it, but it, it asserts that Jeff Galloway is the most influential person in has running in history. Has to be. And you think about it, like this man was an Olympian. He probably very easily could have pivoted into coaching elite level, sub elite level, and kind of just yeah. lived in that zone. Like he didn't have to say, you know what, I want to make running for everyone, right? Like I just, again, whole new appreciation just for what he's done for the sport. Um, and let me throw out, if you haven't taken the time to go introduce yourself and say hello to him, do it. Do it's it. It's on my list. It's on my like, do I'm it. Wine and it, it, if I if I see you at the expo, I'm going to take you by the hand and we're going to walk <laughs> over and see Jeff. He is every bit the gracious and wonderful human being that you think he is. I, I believe it. I'm just such a very shy person in real life. Like I'm very introverted. I'm very shy. <laughs> it's that's okay. 
That's okay. You need to say hi to Jeff. I do. I do for sure. Now, I I know at the beginning of this interview, you had mentioned something and I said, we're going to talk about this later. And I think this is the perfect story to close out uh, this interview. You talked about one of the first times that, you know, you went to Disney, you know, you got very excited when you were walking by the Rapunzel toilets uh, in (laughs) in the Magic Kingdom. I think one of your greatest uh, run Disney stories is when you dressed up as Rapunzel. Oh, no. And you had a... I don't want to call it a wardrobe malfunction, but a, a wardrobe confusion. Can can you tell us your corset story? So I dressed up as Punzi for the 5K for the Dopey race, which this was my third time attempting Dopey. So the first time I broke my hip, the second time I got up to like 13 miles, 15 miles, and the pandemic canceled it. So, you know, so this was like my revenge comeback race three years in the making all the planning went into this. And I was like, I really want to be Punzi. My husband's going to be Flynn Rider. And I bought the perfect corset and like this crazy flouncy skirt that's purple. And I made glowing hair that lit up and like pulsed down just like her. It was a phenomenal costume. Like it was, I was all in. I had a crown. I'm in. And um, I, I did try it on beforehand. Looked amazing. And the morning of the 5k was a bit frantic because like my husband has a full beard so he's shaving his face down for the first time in like 10 years to be Flynn Rider so he's like (laughs) trying to like get into character I'm hot gluing the lights on the commitment I love it (laughs) and then I get into the corset and I, I just I throw it over my head and Nick's lacing it up and it's not just like a normal lace where it goes all the way to the bottom. It like ties in the middle. So you tighten it from the top, tighten it from the bottom and you tie it in the middle, which is like a little bit more of a complicated thing. And the whole time Nick's doing this, like I'm kind of chewing him out. I'm like, it's not, you're not doing it tight enough. You need to fix it. Like, nope, this isn't right. This isn't right. You like, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking the problem's him. Like he's not muscling it enough to lock down the top part, not realizing the top part was meant to go over like a woman's hips and not their chest because I have it upside down. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> so it, I didn't realize it because I put the the braid and the hair on and it covered the shape of the top. So I do the run and I get back to the room and I take the braid off. And at Riviera, there's like a big floor to ceiling like mirror, dressing mirror. And I see it and it's immediately noticeable. There's like a sweetheart <laughs> neckline right on my hips. It's obviously uh, upside down. <laughs> like I wore it upside down the entire time. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Good story though. Everyone was a good sport about it. Even my husband. <laughs> but... oh, good deal. <laughs> Amanda, when's your next run at Disney World? Wine and dine this fall. Good deal. I think you probably said that already. We'll see you there. We're going to go visit Jeff. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Yep, I promise. <laughs> and I'm not hard to find. <laughs> so. Well, Amanda, this was an absolutely fabulous interview. Thank you so much for taking the time. But before we officially let you go, go ahead, plug the website one more time, your Instagram or anything else that you want to help promote to make your amazing endeavors uh, shine even brighter in this community. Absolutely. So the website is onceuponamarathon.com. Um, there you can find the ultimate guide to run Disney, which has all of the information that I know I'm, I'm building that out. So every, every day there's something new, uh, the training plans are there available for digital downloads and purchase as well. And then on Instagram, it is once upon a marathon. Awesome. 
Thank you so much. This has been a fabulous interview. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Amanda, thanks. I, I genuinely look forward to seeing Amanda. I genuinely look forward to seeing a whole bunch of people at Disney World, but I'm looking forward to seeing her there. That should be fun. One thing I didn't think to ask her, I wonder if she registered for any of the Christmas virtuals, but that was today. Gang, anybody here register for the Christmas virtuals? I did, Bob. Um, my mom wanted to do them. And so in turn, I get to do them as well. That's um, cool. And she doesn't wear sweatshirts, so I get the sweatshirt. So it's kind of a win-win. <laughs> she gets the medals, I get the sweatshirt. <laughs> All the medals are going to go on the Christmas tree, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to see them too. Yes. So That's that would good. be fun. I wish I could have registered, but the whole not having a job right now thing, I am saving that money. Yeah. But yeah. It's expensive, but... It's, yeah, it's a and, new, a new I like, thing. I, that's that's why I want to do it because you have mm-hmm. the medals and the ornaments and the Christmas and you know that's I, I love Christmas, um, but for right now, I mean, if it stays open and the film industry goes back to the way it's supposed to be, absolutely, I'll sign up. But for right now, we're gonna have to say no. I think you got a chance. Like, so you, by the way, as of this recording. The virtual runs are still all available. So it did not sell out today. We did have a contingent of Rise and Runners on a chat group who were helping each other get registered. That worked out very, very well. I will have more to say about that before we register for Springtime Surprise. So my question, I don't know if you guys know, how long did people on average wait to get in? I played around with it earlier today and honestly, I can't remember what time it was, but I remember I was getting the, the wheel, but it was like a two minute wait for me. And then once it popped up, then I just, you know, got out of line. But I mean, again, like Bob said, as of this moment of recording, it's still open I think based on the fact that it's $100 more than the summer virtual series, yeah. I think that's probably going to leave it open yeah. for a little bit longer. But we'll have to keep our eyes peeled to see if this thing actually does sell out. I mean, the artwork looks amazing. I can only imagine what the medals would look like. But it is just, I just would put that more towards a live race. Now, if they had a Christmas series running in the parks, you bet I'd be there. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the kind of put it into perspective a little bit, I mean, Sure, you're getting multiple medals and a sweatshirt and a corksicle. So again, you know, you're you're getting a bunch of stuff, but that price is still more expensive than the wine and dine half, and you get a after party ticket included. In that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, I know we were really excited about today uh, with the registration, but I feel like the springtime surprise. Official themes are going to be released sometime soon. I hope so. We're, we're coming up on, what is it, three weeks until registration? Mm-hmm. Yeah, registration is August 20th. So you think by next week we might see something? Well, if we use the resource that our guest uh, yeah. talked about this <laughs> evening, we can probably deduce something from there. So... Uh, according to onceuponamarathon.com slash important-dates, um, the Club Run Disney registration is on August 15th. So usually 
it's that like Wednesday or Thursday before the club run Disney where they usually announce everything. So I would have to think within the first week of August, we're going to get the, the, the three remaining th- themes. I mean, obviously we already know stitch is the challenge and we, you know, and everybody did that CSI investigation of <laughs> that artwork. Speculation. Exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll find those other three out, you know, again, very, very soon. <laughs> okay. Something to look forward to. Friends, we've got uh, we've got new merchandise for the upcoming run Disney season. It is currently available for pre-order at riseandrunpodcast.com slash shop. There are shirts for each of the race weekends, including the one in Disneyland. Pre-order, and we got hats too, kids. Somebody asked about the size of the hats, and I'm here to tell you, I have a hard time with these snapback hats or the adjustable back hats. They just don't fit. But the Rise and Run podcast hat that I have fits. I have, when I wear a fitted cap, a fitted baseball cap, I wear a size 8. So that's pretty big. They don't make them any bigger than that. You have to special order them. And yet the Rise and Run, the Rise and Run tie-dye hat fits. I can't tell you about the trucker hat. I, I don't know. Uh, I would imagine it's pretty good size. Anyway, the pre-order, important date, the pre-order ends July 30th. The reason for that is so that Allie and John can place the order, get the shirts in, and get them out to you in time for the upcoming race season. So take a look. They've been pretty popular. They did a really, really nice job. John, uh, Not John, Allie and her husband pretty much designed most of the shirts, did the artwork on them. They look really great. But friends, I want to remind you, if, you're, if you are running for a charity, our friend Pam at Fluffy Fizzies has a fundraiser option available to you. Now, it's getting kind of late, but I think you can still go there. Go to fluffyfizzies.com, up top, fundraiser. She'll create a bath bomb for you. And 30% of the proceeds will go to your charity for your charity bib. If you want to buy a nice product and help your friends out in raising money and give some money, ends up you end up donating some money to a worthwhile cause, visit Pam's shop right smack dab as soon as you're on the homepage. It tells you to shop for the fundraisers and you can check that out. Upcoming episodes next week. Amy Haas. Amy is well on her way to running a half marathon in all 50 states. Two weeks from now, run Disney race announcer Riley Claremont's with us. Riley did a really great job of getting his own spot here by not being available when we talked to Carissa and to John. So we're going to sneak Riley on here. Solo act in a couple of weeks. He's a good guy, fun to talk to. I look forward to hearing from him. And speaking of Carissa and Pelkey, uh, we just want to give a massive amount of kudos to um, the two of them on the initial release of the three, two, one go podcast. They've been doing really, really well. 
Um, I know it's been getting a lot of buzz. They've had some wonderful guests. I know that they've talked to Jeff. Um, you know, this past week, uh, they just talked to our good friend, Brittany Charbonneau, um, and it's taken off like wildfire. So we just want to offer our congratulations uh, from the Rise and Run podcast. Yeah, Greg, thanks. I've listened, I listened to the first episode. They're fun people. That's going to be a fun podcast. Check it out. Three, two, one, go. Friends, it's time for the race report. Let's handle the race report just a little bit differently this week. We've got two featured guests. Let's start on Friday. I'm going to, I know some folks ran Thursday. I'll be back to you in a minute, but let's start on Friday. Greg, introduce our guest, please. Yes, Bob. So we have a very special guest joining us this week on the race report spotlight. Uh, I was on Facebook uh, over the weekend, and I was seeing posts from our guest father uh, about a special race that was happening in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And all of a sudden, I started to see pictures of Lambeau Field. I thought, oh, this is really cool. And then I thought, oh, our good buddy Hollywood's probably running the race. <laughs> and no, it wasn't Tony. It was his daughter, Natalie. Natalie, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Hi. How are you? Good. And we should wish you a happy birthday because you're having a big birthday coming up, right? Yeah. How old are you turning? Six. Six. All right. Oh, man. Big first grader right here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, Natalie, did you run the Green Bay Packers Kids 1K? Yes. How how much fun? Like, on a scale of, like, 1 to 10, how much fun did you have? Uh, lots of fun. You had Good. lots of fun? Good. Where Do you remember all the cool places where you got to run? Mm-hmm. Um, through Lambeau Field. Wait, you actually got to run through Lambeau Field? Mm-hmm. Like on the football field. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. That's cool. Now, did you get to do the famous Lambo leap? Yes. You, you did? did. <laughs> now, I, I got to know, how did you climb up that wall? I was sitting on my dad's shoulders. Oh, okay. So you got some help. That's cool. So now, now be, before the race actually happened... Can can you can you tell our listeners what happened before the race and what you had to do? Um, they were like it just started raining. Oh. And then I was hiding under my dad's shirt, and then <laughs> I had to walk in under a semi truck, and my dad didn't fit under it. What? Because <laughs> in the rain. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, that's great. So now. Where where was the finish line? Was it on the field? Was it outside the field? Where where was it? It was on like on the it was on the road. Okay, so it was so it was, okay. it was outside the stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, and then I guess the the last question that I gotta ask is, did you wear a cheese head while you were running this race? No. 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 Okay. Well, maybe the next time you do this race, you can wear a cheese head. What do you think? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. Well, see, maybe what what Bob and I will do, since we're Eagles fans, is 
we'll send you a cheese head that's in the shape of Philadelphia cream cheese. <laughs> so essentially, it's just a cheese head wrapped in tin foil. Would would you like to wear that, or would you rather wear the actual cheese head? No. No. Okay. Cheese head. No. No. No, no cheese, cheese steaks either. I think. yeah. No cheese. Yeah, you know, or cheese steak hat. I like. I, I like your thinking there, Bob. Yeah. Hey, so last question for you, kiddo. When after you finished the race, did you get any? Did you get a medal, a shirt? Did you get any cool prizes or anything like that? A medal. Oh, you got a medal. Nice. That's super cool. Do you know when your next Disney race is going to be? I wish I had an answer for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Natalie, can I give some advice to you? The next time you're cheering your daddy on at a race, make sure that you yell extra loud so he doesn't miss you this time. Because <laughs> I heard a story about how you were cheering for him and he ran right past you. Yeah, on Main Street. On Main Street, oh, Main I know. Street. Wow. Man, I'll tell you, we're never going to let your daddy live down that story. Were you sad? <laughs> yeah. You were sad? Did, did he buy you a Mickey bar to make up for it? No. No? Oh, oh man. Oh, my. Two strikes for Hollywood there. She's a Mickey sandwich kind of person, though. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> Well, Natalie, we're so proud of you. Congratulations yeah. in finishing this race, and we can't see, uh, we can't wait to see you again down Disney World for another run. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You're Congratulations. Welcome. Okay, that was fun. All right, now let's let's go back. Let's hop on our Mandalorian and go back a day to Thursday. We had an unusual Thursday run this week in Rochester, New York. Part of the Summer in the City 8K series, the Run 585 series, Brian and Karen ran that on Thursday. Madge, up in Massachusetts, in Marlboro, Massachusetts to be specific, Madge ran the Run with Wolves 10K. It's an out-and-back race on a paved rail trail. The rail, tra rail trails are kind of nice. If you have one in your area, we do. You're, you're lucky. They're great places to run. Uh, this finished on a football field in a town. It was downhill going out. So since it was an out and back, you know, that means it was uphill coming back. And that kind of is tough. Uh, Madge used it for a catered training run, ran pretty well. What she wanted to point out most significantly, though, was this was her first time beating her husband in a race that was less than a half marathon. Good on you, Madge. Way to go. Still on Thursday now. And Rachel's going to double up this week. On Thursday, Rachel ran the Berna's Great Legs for Women 5K in Lowell, Massachusetts. It is the second oldest women-only road race in the U.S., and on Thursday in the 5K, Rachel set a 10-second PR. Now, we already talked about one race on Friday in Green Bay. I told you Rachel had a double up. Her second race on the weekend was Friday, this time in Salem, Mass., the Miles Over the Moon 4-Miler. This is her first time that she did back-to-back -back races. It's a very, very scenic one. They did this one at twilight, which is kind of nice. It means it's not 
quite as hot. Uh, apparently, it was a little bit better weather-wise than the night before. They had rain showers at the end. Summer rain showers, if you don't have a bunch of lightning involved in them, can actually be beneficial on a run. Rachel says that now that she's done back-to-back, she's starting to think about maybe she wants to do Dopey one of these days. You can do it, Rachel. Not this year, I know, but you can do it. Now, let's move to Saturday and start in Boston, Massachusetts. Fenway Park, to be specific, the run to home base. 9K or 5K, the two friends who he had involved both did the 9K. Uh, Heidi finished hers in just a little over an hour. Never done a 9K before, so you know what that means. PR. Lauren did one. Lauren commented that the weather was great. It's nice to hear that there's great running weather somewhere, Lauren. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Home Base, she described Home Base is an organization, a charitable organization, that helps veterans with medical and mental health care. And she listed her family's service. Her husband's an Iraq War veteran. She commented that he's an 11 Bravo. 11 Bravo is the specialty code for infantry soldiers, the guys who really slug it out. So I have great respect for that. Uh, His brother retired from the Marine Corps after 20 years of service. His dad's a Marine veteran. And Lauren's grandfather was a World War II Army vet. So his cause was very close to her heart. And Lauren, I think that's fabulous. I know I had commented on on Lauren's post on on the Facebook page. I mean, as a Yankees fan myself, I got to admit, this is a pretty darn cool race, even though, you know, obviously, as a Yankees fan, I'm supposed to hate the Red Sox. But I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I have this, like, unofficial goal in life to, like, visit all the major ballparks. Yeah. Um, You know, and obviously Fenway is a great one to uh, check off. But it's it's funny you say about pleasant weather, because did anybody else catch that video this week of – the massive amount of rain that went through Boston and like the rain was coming yeah. down the stairs of yeah. Fenway, like waterfalls and they had to delay the game. That was absolutely wild. I, I haven't mentioned this before. Our daughter works security there as a part-time job for the Red Sox. Oh, cool. So she was there and yeah, she was sending us videos of the rain and uh, yeah, nobody got hurt or anything, but it looked like a mess. Uh I also found it interesting this weekend that we had two iconic stadiums. We had Fenway Park and we had Lambeau Field, where runs were completed this weekend. All right, moving along on Saturday, the Christmas in July half marathon in Elk Grove, Illinois, not far from Chicago, I believe. Laura, happy to complete her first half marathon in just a bit under two hours and 45 minutes, beating her goal by almost three minutes. Now, I believe Laura says, happy to complete my first half marathon. That's got to be a PR. Hot, great support, water stations every mile. Oh, the metal was kind of neat. The metal lights up. Looked pretty cool. Mark was there. Mark did his first long race of the training season, running this half marathon. It was... Marathon weekend in San Francisco, California on Saturday. They had the marathon weekend 10K. 
Laura was registered for it, but somehow this thing got moved to Sunday and Lauren already had another race on Sunday, so she couldn't do two. So no 10 K for Lauren. We know that Natalie ran the one K in green Bay, Wisconsin, Tony, you may know him as Hollywood ran the green Bay Packers 5k. His family was there cheering him to a PR in this 5k. Wait, instead of the, the PR bell, can I play fly Eagles fly just to <laughs> a little bit or no, no, okay, I guess not. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I don't I'm going to read what Tony wrote here. He says, I can't help but think how this never would have happened only a few years ago before I discovered the love of running and the example it set for her daughter, Natalie, to follow. I think that's pretty cool. Good job, Tony. Good job with the run. And we enjoy talking with Natalie. I, I enjoy seeing Natalie. She pops up on the Zoom calls. And she was she ran a race at Disney. She ran a 5K not too long. It was the last season. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's go to Manaqua, Wisconsin. Since we were already in Green Bay, we don't have far to go. Jenny did the run with the Cops 5K. A lot of fun. One of the lore, one of the more laid-back races she's done. We like laid-back races, Jenny. Good job. In Nashville, Tennessee, the Flamingo 5K. Jimmy did this one. Jimmy ran a PR. Actually, had fun, he says. And he says, and there's photographic evidence to support this. Jimmy may have smiled for a couple seconds. <laughs> he did. And he made a friend along the way that he's going to do some races with. I just want to give awesome. a shout out to Jimmy and Sam, a proud coach again. Great job on this race. Good. Has anybody noticed the amount of Flamingo 5K races that have been throughout yeah, the country this summer. Like, I mean, I, I know Are Hollywood really? just did one uh, mm-hmm. the other weekend, uh, and I know he signed up for a last minute and like actually wore like an inflatable, you know, flamingo. Like the oh, the I, race. yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I mean, I think it's great that you know this idea of just bright pink, you know, and flamingos just running down the street is an amazing idea. Yeah. All right, continuing. In Washington, D.C., the American Physical Therapy Association 5K Your Way. Heather ran that. Heather said, coming from North Dakota, the D.C. area was pretty warm. I can imagine. She talked about North Dakota losing a police officer in the line of duty last week. So she took the time to honor him and to thank every officer along the course for their service and keeping us safe. Uh, This Washington, this was a Washington, D.C., PR by about 10 minutes. Ah, that'll count. And I really want to count it because Heather was there wearing the rise and run colors. So we got to give her credit. Good job. Good job in this race for a great cause, Heather. Winding up Saturday in Clarksville, Arkansas, the Johnson County Peach Festival four miler, our buddy Joe and the three amigos ran that. Those fellows all over 70 years old go to a bunch of runs. They have a great time. They usually place in their age group, but this is one of those races that stopped the age groups at 60, which I think kind of kind of stinks. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to go that high, you might as well keep on going a little bit. Nevertheless, this group had a good time. 
All right, friends, that wraps it up for Saturday. Now, before we go on to Sunday, I said at the top of the episode, we've got a special race report for you this evening. One I think you're going to be really impressed by, really enjoy. Uh, Not a race per se, but our friend Mark ran. Well, Mark, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. And what did you do? Thank you. Thanks, Bob, for having me. So we kind of created our own race, and it was my goal to go out and run seven marathons in seven days. Yeah, you did. I I know, I'm going to tell you, I saw this on Facebook, Mark. You had uh, a graphic drawn up. You called it what, the Seven Dwarfs Challenge? Seven Dwarfs Marathon Challenge is what we called it. Yeah, so you had a dwarf for each day. And when I first saw it, I thought, holy cow, seven marathons. Mark must be getting ready for something. He's going to do a marathon a month for the next seven months. But no. (laughs) (laughs) A marathon a day. What made you decide to do this? Uh, It was, it's actually not the first time I've done it. I've actually done it before back in 2017 when I was training for an ultra marathon. We actually, one week we did seven marathons in a week. And a couple weeks later, we did eight marathons in a week. Holy! So it's God. not the first time. That's that's amazing. But on top of all that, tell our friends what your average times were for these seven marathons. The average times, I believe, it ended up being two fifty eight fifty one for all seven. Yeah, I, I I think they were all between, and I know you'll. Correct me if I'm wrong. Between 255 and 305, does that sound right? Uh, 30, I think it was 308, 309.19. Actually, it was. Oh, were so, you carrying an anchor on that one, or what? Yeah. Well, the first day, <laughs> I had a lot of help with it over the over the challenge. The first day went perfect. You know, we went out. I ran a 258.57. Uh, everything went as planned. Went back on day two, and as all runners do. Uh, out there on the run, we had some problems and had to make some pit stops. So, and I treated the, I treated the whole challenge as a, as a race, you know, so I wasn't going to stop my watch. I had to run into the house for a pit stop and the watch was running, came back out and just coming out of the house, things didn't go as planned and just couldn't pick up the pace and ended up with a 309 that day. So I was like, well, the av- the actual goal was to run under three hours for all seven. That's what I was shooting for. And you got, I think you got, you got five of them, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So after the second day, I was like, well, that's out of the picture. You know, I've just averaged, I'll go after a 305. So I started to go out the next day on the third day then. And we ran, I started as running for a 305 and I ended up with a 30156 and it felt great. You know, I felt really good. Um, And then we just continued on as a 255 256 256 and then the last day um was let it all on uh-huh. the course and ran as hard as i could and it was a 252 15 252 amazing i i have to tell you that honestly mark after seeing the first six that seventh one didn't surprise me i said i bet he's going to I bet he's going to go out all out on this last one. I felt, and, I felt really good, you know, and I was confident after the fifth day, I was very confident that I was going to finish the last two very strong. Oh, you um, sure I did. did have a lot of help throughout, you know, I did some 
Cora phys- physical therapy uh, helped me out. You know, after the f- first day, um, I started on, on a Sunday and I didn't go into Cora f- for, they do a, uh, some recovery with me. They do some A-stem therapy, some soft tissue massage, some stretching. So on Sunday, I didn't, I didn't go for that because they were closed. So okay. that was the first marathon and I didn't have any recovery. Then do, after the second one, that's when they started my recovery efforts. Uh, amazing. Hey, how are you feeling now? I mean, it's only, we're only 48 hours removed from the last one. I feel fantastic. You know, yeah. um, I was already out uh, today. Yeah, today was my first day back running. So ended up seven miles. My coach has me doing seven miles easy all week um, and then each day. And then we'll start getting back into it again next week. Seven miles easy each day. Yes. It just that just rolls off your tongue as though it's nothing. That's Mark, that's really cool. That's really cool. Now, you did this around your home. You live in the Jacksonville area, correct? Yes. yes. We live in South Jacksonville area. And I have actually a lot of people get a kick out of it. So my neighborhood, I have a point four point four mile loop. So it's less than a half a mile. And I ran most of these marathons, five out of the seven marathons were run on this 0.4 mile loop. With as warm as it, with as warm as it was, it's, it allows me to put all my water on the mailbox, all my yeah. gels, all my hydration and everything. And it's, it's close to me every time I come around. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. What were the temps like? I mean, it's Jacksonville. It, it had to be pretty warm. Yeah, it was, uh, it averaged about 80 degrees every day. We had one day that was uh, 76 degrees and that that was a bit, that really did feel a big difference. It was very, it seemed cooler that day, but the rest of them were all 80, 80 degrees, 81 degrees. You get off early in the morning? Uh, 2.30 in the morning. I started just about every run at 2.30 a.m. So, And you had a support crew out there at that hour. I did. I have a lot of friends. Uh, well, I'm in a uh, PRS running club that we have about 500 members. And as the week went along, I think more people got excited about it. And they yeah. came out three o'clock in the morning to run with me. Uh, a couple of the times I had somebody out there with me all 26 miles. They were running loops with me. You have pacers? Uh, yes. Yep. I had some pacers. I had some people on the bike. Um we did one of the one of the courses we did at our our uh, Saturday long run. So it was a ten okay. mile ten mile loop. So I had two guys on a bike that carried all my water and gels for me, and stayed with me the whole time. Anybody you care to give a shout out? It's up to you. Uh, it's I mean, there's so many people. It's the in, entire club uh, that cut, last yeah. day. Um, I mean, it was amazing. Everybody's excited about it. They ended up even. For the finish, they even had a finish line tape out there for me. They wow. had balloons. They had cupcakes. I mean, it, the energy was pretty high that day. It was wow. a lot of fun. That's very exciting. And I, I, you hear me say it, I think a lot, if you listen to the podcast, if I start mentioning names, I'm going to leave somebody out. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many, and I thanked them all on Facebook every day that somebody was out there because there was somebody different every single day that was out there with me. That's absolutely fantastic you didn't just start running in the last couple of weeks you've been running a long time i suspect not as long as a lot of people think i've only actually started running in the last 10 years so i didn't pick up running till i was uh, about 38 years old i mean i really? did go out and run here and there after i got wow. out of high school but i didn't have a watch i had no clue about it whatsoever 
And then just coming up on 40 years old, um, I was like, man, I wanted to run a marathon before I turned 40. So I was like, I signed up for the Disney marathon, never running anything in my life like that. And went out and we actually fared very well. You know, I did, I ran a 310 for my first marathon. Oh ever. my goodness. That's, that's amazing. Be- before we press the record button, Mark, you and I were just chatting. You qualified for Boston seven times in a row and by a bunch, by 15, 20 minutes each time. Yep. You brought Incredible. that up and I really didn't even think about that at all. I have done Boston twice. So, um, it's, it's a good race. Um, but I've done it twice and it's good enough for me. Um, me preferably i like disney i like run disney races that's what that's what i enjoy to run you're in the right place my friend you're in the right place i appreciate that and i and i guess i understand that although you would run two marathons in the time it would take me to do one so i can't quite wrap my head around that um when are you next heading to disney uh, we're actually going this weekend just to visit. So oh. we, we've been uh, season pass holders for 16 years. So okay. we usually go down every two to three weeks. So, oh, good um, for you. Yeah. So we really enjoy it. That's our home away from home. Yeah. We get over not quite that often. We get over from time to time also. And we do enjoy that. Uh, next Disney run. Uh, wine and dine. So I do a lot of Galloway pacing. So I try to hit. Yep. I, uh, my uh, partner is Chris Twiggs. So he's my pacing partner. I've heard of him. You know him. I've heard of him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good guy. But yeah, I've been doing since 2017. I've run just about every, uh, run Disney run as a pacer. Outstanding. I I'm going to be looking for you there. We'll be there for sure. Cool. Look forward to seeing you at Disney. Anything else exciting coming up? Uh, in the next couple months, we have a couple things in plan. You know, like I said, um, I I like to challenge myself just as much as I like the race. So we do have some more challenges coming up. We were actually kicking uh, the tires with my coach. And I will be running a marathon in November. So I believe it's going to be, I'm looking at Space Coast Marathon is what I'm thinking oh, to run. A great one. I, I'm, you've done that, I, I assume. Yep, I've done it three times back in 2014, 15 in that area. So, um, but to get ready for that, you know, we're going to really amp up the miles for uh, the marathon training. And in October, we're planning on doing a, we're going to call it Experiment 626 because I'm also a Stitch fan. So (laughs) we're going to go after 626 miles in the month of October. So that's my goal. My challenge is to run 626 miles for Experiment 626 in the month of October. 23, 20.4 miles a day, I think I figured it out. I think it's 20.4 miles a day. Oh, my goodness. Mark, you're a machine. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It's really, I mean, that's really incredible. It's really amazing, but I love hearing about it. And I love talking about it and keep us up to date. Let us know how that's going. I definitely will. Awesome. Mark, it's been fun. Uh, I, I know, and I hope a bunch of our friends were watching on Facebook. I know you got some reaction and I was just, I was stunned. I thought that was just awesome. And I, another Mark prompted me, says, hey, you got to talk to this guy. 
Thank you. Thank you. So it w- it was it was neat to see the the enthusiasm of people. I had a lot of people message me that I didn't even know about. I actually even had someone volunteer to come out and do a character stop for me. You know, so that was that was really cool to see that. So I, I'm glad to see people got some joy out of it and got into it a little bit. Great job. Great job, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. We look forward no to seeing you. Yeah, look forward to seeing you real soon. Sounds good. I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed, Mark. That was fantastic. All right. Oh, I wanted to make a note that we didn't talk about in that interview. Mark is a Galloway runner. He's a Galloway pacer. And he set all those sub three hour marathons using run, walk, run. He has a system where he runs a half mile, takes him a I don't know what it takes him, about three, three and a half minutes. Then he walks 10 to 15 seconds. Then he runs the rest of the half mile and he does that every mile. So if you're out there wondering if you can use run, walk, run and still run relatively fast, the answer is a resounding yes. And Mark is not the only example, but he's an excellent example. Okay, let's move on to Sunday. I mentioned it was San Francisco Marathon weekend. The big day was Sunday. Abby was there. We Abby ran an event. I thought Abby ran her first half marathon. I told Greg to get the bell ready, but then Abby corrected me and said, no, this is actually called the first half marathon. It's not my first half marathon. Uh, it, it's a bridge half. They run over the Golden Gate Bridge, or at least run up to it. About 1,500 feet of elevation gain. Abby's from Florida. That's a lot of hills. When she corrected me about it not being her first half and not being a PR, she said, no way I could do it with those hills anyway. I get that. I understand it. Uh, Emily was there too. Emily ran the marathon, her first non-trail marathon. That's kind of interesting. Said the weather was great. Unfortunately, she hurt her knee on this. And again, she calls it a hilly route. Uh, Had to power walk the last five miles. Finished with a time just a little over six hours, which I think is very respectable. Emily, I think you did a good job. Very grateful she could cross the finish line. We are proud of you. Uh, Catherine was there around the half, had a blast. Weather was better than it was where she left in Northern Virginia. And Lauren, Lauren, who was going to run the 10K, did run the marathon. Tough course. And despite the hill training, these hills in the San Francisco Marathon got the better of her legs, but she still finished, and that's a great thing. Good job, Lauren. In Bloomington, Illinois, the Hogwild 2K, Stephanie and her seven-year-old daughter, Emma, ran that one. I looked and looked and looked, didn't see any post on this one. Uh, I, I looked for it because it's really cute. The photos that Stephanie puts up with her daughter, Emma, are are really nice, but I didn't see one. Perhaps we'll get one later this week. Rounding out Sunday, the Wharf to Wharf race, Santa Cruz, California. Bethany did that one with 16,000 of her closest friends. This is a six-mile race. Beautiful course, great weather, outstanding entertainment. Second time Bethany's run this race, and she promises it will not be her last. And we had a race on Monday, the Monday Night 5K, part of the summer series runs in Nashua, New Hampshire. 
Alicia ran this one with her husband, Camille, and nine-year-old daughter, Zara. The downpour started at mile one, but all three of them finished. Zara even got her bib picked and got to pick from the Christmas present table in this Christmas in July run in Nashua, New Hampshire. And friends, that's it for the episode 96 race report. Friends, no Zoom this week. We had a lot of fun last week. We uh, we had two. We had a good number of folks show up on Thursday night. And then we ran one on Saturday to accommodate our friends in Europe. Interestingly, we had three friends in Europe. We had Laura and Shawnee. Shawnee, I'm doing the best I can on the pronunciation. Laura and Shawnee. They, they t- tried to correct us. Uh, we're, we're trying from the Netherlands, both. And Tara happened to be in Vienna. And so Tara joined us on this on this Zoom call. But it was fun. We're going to do once a month on the Saturday afternoon call. The next Thursday night Zoom will be not tonight, but a week from tonight. They're getting to be fun. We're also, we're recording them, putting them up on Facebook. And... We're recording the audio and making them available as a Zoom podcast for our Patreons. So that's another Patreon reward if you are so interested. They, they they sound, they're fun. I've listened to them myself. It's almost, not quite, but almost like listening to another podcast. Okay, friends, that does it. That brings episode 96 to a close. Hope your training's going well. Stick with it. It's a long slog, particularly for those January races, but it's so important. Remember, the race is just the victory lap. A real marathon is several hundred miles of training with a 26-mile victory lap at the end. Friends, and if you run, you know you are our friend. We appreciate you joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We look forward to talking with you again next week. But until then, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.